days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. It's time to talk about defensive linemen, edge rushers, interior guys, all the greatness that is in free agency. Because the 49ers are obviously going to look at it because they have some key free agents that could leave the football team, and you need to make sure that that part of your team stays as stout as possible. Uh, uh, Is it because the the, the D-line and the, the front seven on the defense is kind of the identity of the defense? That could be it, yes. Oh, Okay, and the Niners have shown that they have a lot of success when they have depth? Uh, yeah, when they have a nice rotation going and they have high-end players, yes. Uh, it makes their defense really good. Stunned, and I'm, I'm yeah. truly stunned. Um, and look, free agents at the edge rusher position, this, this free agent D-line, just all of it in general, there's, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that go into it. There's a lot of things that are that could happen, right? Um, you and I both know, after looking at the edge rushers in this upcoming draft, there's a, there's a, lot, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent. So maybe some of these guys don't make sense. Or maybe this is the exact reason they do make sense. Because maybe there's some guys you can get on the cheap who would be really, really great and allow these other guys to mix in and not put a lot of pressure on and have some time to develop under some uh, very talented guys, some very noticeable guys, and guys that can instill and impart a lot of wisdom onto this group, Ant. Yeah, and it could be that maybe other teams are looking at the draft as well and be like, wait, I'm not going to approach free agency the same way because I see guys I would rather get in the draft that are cheaper options that are younger. The 49ers might be able to strike on maybe a couple older guys um, that could add to the football team and then yet be dynamic because the 49ers are in a win-now situation. Of course, they want to keep preparing for the future, so drafting people is going to be important as well. Uh, But anytime you can add a good pass rusher or a good edge guy, um, you really want to do that. So I think the 49ers were going to have to fill some holes. Once we brought up again, you don't want to go into the draft and be needy at a position. When you are needy at a position... It makes you do things you wouldn't normally do. Maybe, you know, overvalue a player or go beyond a player. Um, insert name in the last couple of drafts that they've done that. So I think this is a situation where you want to fill those holes and then go ahead and, you know, bring in a guy in the draft that can compete and then see, just see who's better. I agree with you there. We're going to find out what they do with that. We'll see, um, you know, what the draft looks like and if they're taking best available. But one of the best ways to do that, and is to go after some of these names. And who's a name that you got on this list here for edge rushers that you're really liking, that you think, could end up here in San Francisco that they may uh, may be able to pay. I think somebody that makes sense is Dante Fowler. Yeah, Dante Fowler, he was with the Rams, and then he went and got the huge contract with the Atlanta Falcons. Accurate. And the Falcons have cut ties. They've moved on. Fowler hasn't had the same you know, sort of impact that he had with the Los Angeles Rams. But I think if you put Dante Fowler opposite of Nick Bosa, uh, here you go, impact again, because he is a <laughs> dynamic edge rusher. He can bend the corner. He has a lot of flexibility in his hips and in his ankles to be able to get around the corner. Those are things you need opposite of Nick Bosa, a dynamic player. And you know that this is what they want to do. They want to have closers and you get to third down. You want to get, you get to the fourth quarter. You need guys that can be able to finish and he can finish. He's proven it in this league. He's an impact guy and he's somebody that you could put opposite of Bosa and they have to pay attention to. If they're going to give you one-on-one situations like they did for Ebucom and for Arden Key, Oof. for Dante Fowler, you got to believe Fowler's going to win more times than he's going to lose. Uh, so I think this is a good situation. You play Armstead inside, you play both on the outside, and then you bring in Fowler, who could be a cheaper option. He's made a lot of money over his career now. And you bring him in, you let him you let him roll and see what he can do. 
you're not wrong there, Ant. Um, this is this is one that if if he's not gonna command a lot and he's looking for a one year deal, prove it sort of thing again, so we can go out and try and make a lot of money the next year. This is a perfect place for him. Yeah. Um, it, it makes sense. Um, it's in the division, right? Against a team that you're familiar with in the Rams. Um, you've seen what Samson Ebicom has been able to do translating over. You know you can do those same things as well. And you're going to have the pieces around you on the D-line to take the pressure off. You're not going to be getting a lot of attention. You're not the best pass rusher on this D-line. You're not the, the most, the most I guess, prominent, biggest threat in the world. Uh, Nick Bosa standing there on the other side. And teams are going to game plan for Nick Bosa. And they're going to have to prepare for Samson Ebicom. Potentially prepare for Eric Armstead. And if you're able to bring back uh, Arden Key, that as well. Which means you have one-on-ones aplenty in a lot of different areas, avenues, and spots. So yes, I do love this a lot. And I don't think you necessarily have to pay a whole heck of a lot to entice this guy to come in. Uh, come compete for a championship. Come enjoy that now. Come do that right now with this team. Get paid a, a nice chunk of money. Not, not Nothing crazy. But then at the end of the day, be able to turn that around and capitalize in a big way, putting up some gaudy numbers. Um, get this guy with Chris Kacarek, see what happens. Yeah, it's enticing to play for Chris Kacarek. It's enticing to play with Armstead and Bosa. Absolutely. You, you know what's going to happen for your football team. You have a chance to go win a Super Bowl. There's a lot of reasons to like playing in San Francisco for this defense. So I think a lot of defensive free agents are going to be interested in playing for the 49ers and playing for Kacarek. and know he demands the best out of it. Um, and then you have, you know, all kinds of other players all along the defensive line in the rotation as well that are impact players. So uh, you've seen what happened with Samson Ebicom, former teammate of his, uh, Dante Fowler. But it, to me, it makes sense to put that that unit back together. Uh, it does. And another guy, Ant, that could make sense to bring in and a guy who's shown that he can go to different places, have some success and continues to play at a very high level. It's just been injuries. Then the big problem for Mr. Melvin Ingram this is the guy who came into Kansas City and did big things last year. Didn't make a lot of money. But Ingram's getting up there in age. And I know he wanted a big contract and a big thing, but much like Jadavian Clowney continues to want big money from a team, you're getting to a point now where maybe no one wants to sign you long-term for big money, so maybe you start becoming just that mercenary, guy who goes around from team to team, who is in contention and able and capable and maybe is willing to pay you some money right now for you to have a, a role that keeps you healthy, keeps you fresh, and doesn't necessarily wear and tear on your body. Uh, hey, newsflash Melvin Ingram. San Francisco is a place where you can 100% accomplish that and get that done. Yeah, Jadavion Clowney is is the, I mean, he just found his niche, right? He's going to go get double-digit contract one-year deal from every single team that he goes to. Absolutely. Um, he's going to eventually break the record for most teams played, you know, in a career because he just seems to always do this. Sure. No one can forget the fact that when he was at South Carolina, he actually took someone's helmet off. Mm -hmm. uh, but when it comes to Melvin Ingram, uh, why not go play next to another Bosa? Play opposite another Bosa. You have some familiarity with, you know, Joey. I think this would be a good situation for him. Play for Chris Kacarek. You know, you could probably maximize your, you know, potential. But I do think he's going after a ring as well. I think he's another guy that's going after a ring. I think these guys want to be paid. Um, but you are worth what they're willing to pay you. So maybe, you know, he'll he'll take a couple million dollars less uh, for an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. We don't know what his mindset is going into this part of his career. But I think he's a very viable option for the 49ers. And somebody that people need to continue to consider because the Niners are going to make phone calls to these guys. And you're right. Last year, he made it really deep. He was past third wave. It got all the way to training camp time uh, before he landed somewhere. So I think that this is a situation where he could be some of the Niners value, depending on their salary cap situation. If they don't hit on someone in the draft, you might even see him around after the draft. If they don't hit on an edge rusher in the draft. They're not able to bring back you know, some of their free agents that they want to bring back. This could be a low cost option they could bring in. Uh, to add some, you know, some really dynamic ability opposite of Nick Bosa. I, I agree with you there. Um, this is not necessarily a name that I expect to go in the first wave. I don't even necessarily expect the second wave. This Agreed. could this could be post draft. 
This could be teams, you know, contending teams going, I didn't get the guy I wanted to in the draft. Let's pick up the phone and see what Melvin Ingram wants. The Niners could be in that boat, or they could not be, and they could go after some other guys. And who's another name that's on the list that they could go after that maybe shoots Melvin Ingram in the foot? Uh, Jerry Hughes. You know, I, I think Jerry Hughes is a guy that they should be interested in. He's an older guy, but he's going to be super cheap. My my jaw dropped to the floor sitting here in pre-show when we're going through our list. I didn't put Jerry Hughes because I didn't think there was going to be a... I didn't think they were able to pay it. 3.3 million is the projected number? Yeah, think about that. I mean, you could realistically restructure D Ford and free up 2.9 million. You can almost pay Jerry Hughes just off of that. And he's a guy that you know has done it for a long time. And you're talking about a guy that's a situational pass rusher at this point in his career. You could put him in there and he could do that. That is what you're looking for right now. You're looking for somebody opposite Nick Bosa on the closing downs. Uh, so that's why Jerry Hughes makes sense. And anytime it's that sort of player, it's it's you don't have to worry about a lot of money going into it. Um, so you can get a lot of reward off a very cheap price. I think this is somebody the Niners can definitely kick the tires on. I'd be interested in bringing him in because I think on third down, uh, he's he's very valuable. The things that he does with his hands and the way he's able to attack offensive tackles makes sense for the 49ers. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't wrap my head yeah. around it. At times, still can't. I can't believe that number is 3.3. I get some people think age and things of that nature. He's 33. A couple of these guys that we've already talked about are, are, are that age and more and would potentially command more than $3.3 million, you would think, elsewhere. So I like this signing. I think it's a, not only a veteran guy, but like you said, situational guy. Hey, guess what? There's not a lot of places in the league where you can have a better situational role than San Francisco with the coach and Kacarek that you already have. Jerry Hughes doesn't need any coaching up on things, Ant, but you put him in a situation where you can get him in a good rotation. Uh, Kacarek has shown he's uh, not only good at coaching guys up, Ant, but getting the rotation dialed in and situated, they do a really good job of that here in San Francisco. Yeah, it's enticing, right? It's enticing for one of these players. I, these guys can go in there and, you know, Arden Key, eight sacks. Um, he's going to he's gonna make some money. So, uh, somebody like Jerry Hughes, you know, maybe he's is looking at potentially winning a Super Bowl, but also making a little bit of money after this. You go in there and all of a sudden you have a double-digit sack performance opposite of Nick Bosa. Somebody's willing to throw five, six, seven million dollars, hoping you can do the same thing for their potentially championship-ready football team. Um, so yeah, these guys, this is how you you kind of incur longevity uh, is by making yourself you know worthwhile again. And how you do that is you get yourself on a good football team where you can make an impact. You can make an impact. In limited snaps, limited opportunities. You don't have to put the wear and tear on your body that you used to when you were a young whippersnapper in the league and you had the fresh legs. Yes. You don't want to do that. Uh, Arden Key is another another name that we have to talk about, obviously, just because he's a Niner who had an incredible season, who found that situational role, found that niche, and carved him out uh, a nice, nice stat line, Ant, and also a lot of interest in free agency this season. Worries and concerns of people. We're not going to be able to bring him back and, and pay him. Looking at about that $6.25 million range is what we saw as, as the number of, of what to pay for Arden Key. But I think you and I both, I think most 49ers fans, would absolutely love to have him back. Uh, it's just going to be what that number is, and uh, is there a team that's willing to overpay it? Because I think there's a there are some teams who saw what he just did and are like, we now know what the role is, right? We can try and emulate this. Yeah, I think there's going to be teams that are going to be willing to shell out some money for Arden Key. If they're not, then he'll be back with San Francisco. He there really is. likes the culture. He likes playing for Chris Kacarek. He likes his teammates. So the Niners have that going for him. I do believe they would get a li little bit of a discount. discount. But in the same regard, if they're not close, if they're valuing him at $4 million and somebody's offering eight, he is 100% gone. So I think you do have to weigh what you're going to get from Martin Key and what you could get from somebody else and ultimately what you could get from somebody in the draft. Because I do think Chris Kacarek consistently produces players that play beyond maybe their ability or play to the highest points of their ability. 
So I think that you have to can you pay him a lot of money. He needs to be able to develop these players. So you know you don't know if Casares going to get high on somebody else. One of these free agents is going to be more enticing. Where you're like, well, we can get this free agent for two million. I can get the same production out of him that I got out of Arden Key. Um, that's where you have to you know you have to kind of play with your play your games and figure out. Yeah, I can get this out of this guy. It's hard to move on from a guy that's had that sort of production. But sometimes when it comes down to money, you have to do it. Um, I think that you know it's an and or with DJ Jones, right? If DJ Jones comes back, Arden Key's probably gone. If DJ Jones is gone, Arden Key might come back. Um, so there's an and or there. And unless they decided to get a bigger fish on the outside, uh, I think that Arden Key is a potential to come back. Uh, I I agree. I I think it makes sense for him to come back. Um, it's just going to be with how much he's supposed to make, what you have to do cap wise in order to make it happen. You're going to lose out on some other things, um, whether it's DJ Jones or whether it's him. You're going to lose out on the ability to maybe bring both of them back or have both of them in if they're commanding, you know, the the top end of of their market value. Um, and I imagine one of them is going to. I would be I would be stunned if both of them do, but I think one of them is going to, and I think that's the one that's going to be a little bit harder to to sell on. And it seems like John Lynch believes it's going to be DJ Jones. He's already talked about how he thinks it's going to be difficult to get DJ back here and signed here. Um, I think he even he knows after what we just saw out of him this past season that teams are going to be looking at his production on the interior and being like, this helps out and solves a lot of problems for us. Hey, DJ, come play for us here. We'll yeah. see. Well, and we also, we looked at the defensive tackle market and it's not a big market. Uh, I know we got edge rushers we're still going to be talking about, but there's there's not a lot of market for defensive tackles in the NFL. So DJ Jones is not like some of the other players that the 49ers have as free agents that are going to be mixed up in a very deep market um, he is the probably one of the top fishes, if not the top fish on the entire market, because there's guys that are older um, that probably, you know, you don't know what longevity you're going to get where DJ's still young enough where he can be a dynamic player, you know, and get a five, six year contract, depending on you know, what you're looking at. So I think that DJ Jones is going to be very enticing to a lot of teams and they're going to feel like, you know, as an interior defensive lineman, he can do things for them. But uh, yeah, expensive. I don't know if you can pay eight or nine million dollars for DJ Jones. A lot of money, Ant. It's a lot of money, especially when you have a lot of holes to fill, a lot of places you could sign people and spend that money on. Um, spending that money on the this D line that you've already spent a bunch of money on already. Um, at some point, right, there has to be a number where you're like, hey, we just we can't do more than this. We we can't do more than this. And DJ, I think of all of them has the of the two guys that we're talking about right now, in Key and, and him, has the potentiality to go over what his number would be more likely than necessarily an Arden Key because there's a lot of names. I mean, there's names we haven't even talked about that we're not going to talk about because there's no way the Niners should resign these guys. Guys like Von Miller, guys like Chandler Jones, guys like Calais Campbell, who most likely are going to end up back with the Green Bay Packers making a butt ton of money for them. Um, there, there are tons of names out there in this D-end edge market. Um, and so that kind of waters down that number. And, and you could get a guy on the cheap. And, you know, speaking of a guy who's very talented and who only made $2 million last year, who's a very well-known commodity, Justin Houston. Justin yeah. Houston, the name that we talked about, the Niners potentially bringing in last season, went in for the Baltimore Ravens, played some good snaps, played some good football, did some good things, um, and, and had himself a nice impactful year. Not going to cost a lot of money, and a guy who's still producing at a fairly high level. Yeah, he's another guy that was like Melvin Ingram. I mean, he waited all the way into training camp before he was available. And sometimes veterans do that on purpose. They don't want to go to training camp, so they wait and they Stunned. wait and they wait, and then they sign... Um, I think the 49ers would have interest in these guys on the edge because I think last year there was still the hope, right, that you were gonna get you were gonna get something out of D Ford. I think that is slowly diminished and they're looking for other avenues to be able to attack it. I think they would rather go young. They would love to get a draft pick, you know, somebody that could step in and play right away um in their rotation and do some things that encourage and 
um, get him going the right way. And then also we have Samson Ebucom that has done what he's done. So I think that you're hopeful for that. But if it comes down to it and you need that guy, um, you do need a very nice threat opposite of Bosa. So uh, Justin Houston is well-respected. He still played well in Baltimore. So I think he's somebody you could bring in. So yeah, these guys that are cheap options as edge rushers, especially as we get farther, closer to training camp, uh, and you can see where D Ford is and what your team looks like, especially coming out of the draft. These guys can make more sense back then when if if they're still available. That's the key, right? That's the key. If they're still available, who's another guy that you have on on your list, Ant, that you're looking at and going, hey, you know what? Older guy, uh, could still do some production things. Still seen some positive things out of. Maybe not, maybe, maybe not going to cost a bunch, but could have an impact. Yeah, Ryan Kerrigan is somebody that I have on my list. I think that he's a, you know definitely long in the tooth. Um, but a guy that can still give you significant snaps um, in certain situations. So I think you could bring him in, uh, see what you can get out of him. He's super; He'll be super cheap, and I'm guessing he's going after a ring. So uh, give him the opportunity to land somewhere where he can possibly get a ring uh, is something the Niners could do. But once again, this is kind of that what we've talked about before, where like in 1994, the Niners brought in Ricky Jackson, right? You're bringing somebody that's towards the end of their career that's just ring chasing. You know they're coming in for a minimum contract, but you're hoping to get big rewards out of it. That's what Kerrigan would be. I, I, he's definitely not my first choice. There's lots of these other guys I'd rather have, um, but I like his drive. I like his motor, and I like what you know he's able to do. And he could definitely play a base four three defensive end for you if you needed him to. Uh, agreed with you there, Ant. Uh, agreed with you there, Alex Okafor, another guy. Yep. played in Kansas City that you talked about. Getting a little, getting a little long in the tooth, but not not too bad. Um, yeah. What people forget about Okafor is they look at the age and go, "But he's only thirty. What do you mean? Ah, but you forget one key thing." He got into the league at 22. He's been here, been here a little bit of time. He's be turning 31 this year. We're, we're coming up on year 10 in the league for this guy. Um, he's been around for a while, and he's put up solid sack numbers. He's put up solid stuff across the board. Uh, he's got 31 and a half career sacks. You know, so this is a guy who knows how to get, get knows how to get after the quarterback. Um, but there's there's just one difference with Okafor in this situation than I think a lot of his other places. When he started off early in his career, he was playing kind of that outside linebacker walk-down type role. It hasn't been until recently, his last few stops in New Orleans, and now with Kansas City this past year where he's played that kind of D-end base, not base-down role, but D-end type role and type mold. And he's just starting to get into a point now, Ant, where he's a rotational guy. And I don't know necessarily Kansas City has found out what that rotation was and maximized that potential. I have more faith in Chris Kassarek being able to do that than what Kansas City was able to do with him the last couple seasons. I think that's a lot of it is Chris Kassarek. I mean, that's part of the reason that we're so interested in some of these players. Because you see someone like that who's 30 years old, who maybe hasn't had the production that everyone thought he should have, but he has the potential to have that production. So you're wondering, can Chris Kassarek go in there and mold him and get that out of him? It's possible. I really do. I think it's possible. And you got Daryl Tapp as well, that it's an excellent edge rusher who knows all those sorts of things as the defensive line coach, you know, assistant. So here, that can here, help. Here's the number when I look at Oka for two that makes me the most excited. Quarterback passer rating when he's rushing the passer. In 2021, it was a 39.6. Yeah. So some, for someone who's getting long in the tooth and doesn't necessarily put up the big numbers and the big uh, everything else, Ant, 39.6 passer rating when he's being able to pressure and get after the passer means that he's disrupting. Yeah. He's disrupting when he's, when he's out, out in the football field, uh, things, positive things aren't necessarily happening. It's a danger with looking at certain numbers. That's I all mean, it really true. is. Arden key. Uh, he didn't have sack numbers when he was with the Raiders. He has sack numbers. Now that he's been with the 49ers. Uh, you know, you have other guys as well. You had Kerry Hyder. He didn't have sack numbers. You know, when Chris Kacerik wasn't around in Detroit and other places, you know what he had when he came to the 49ers sack numbers. Uh, so getting the right guy that fits your scheme in the right situations and you make plays. 
This is the consistent theme when we're talking about free agents and draft picks. It's guys that fit into the 49ers mold as far as scheme. If you fit, you can have production. If you don't, um, you will phase out. You won't work. That was part of the problem with Trent Bulky. He kept getting guys who didn't fit what Jim Harbaugh wanted to do on offense and defense. So until you got the synergy between Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch starting to put players that fit the system with the style of coaching that you're getting, that's when you start getting the, the teams that play well and do well. And that's when you start seeing players that have that production. And those players know that the coaches are going to put them in good situations. That's why for a defensive lineman, it's enticing to come to San Francisco, become a destination location. Um, because you know you can either extend your career or you can put your career back on the map and have potential to get a big contract. Uh, yeah, you're you're not wrong. That's that's 100% what it is, and that's why it's so intriguing with some of these names who are maybe a little bit older and haven't had necessarily the the numbers you like them to have or you thought that they should have or whatever, and, and you're going, well, maybe this guy's just washed up. Ah, sometimes that's just not the case. Um, it's, it's just a matter of situation and circumstance, and some of these guys that uh, – change in circumstance or change in situation, maybe exactly what they need. Put them with the right coach. Put them with the guy who understands what their skill sets is, skill sets are and is, and also what pairings they should be going with. Maybe there's some guys that need to be playing with who have certain skill sets that will allow his skill sets to shine. Yeah. Um, that, that 100% could be the case, and Kassarik has shown he can do that time in and time out. And speaking of another guy, Ant, that's an interesting name, Jamie Collins, a guy that you're big on that the Niners could go after as well. Why? Yeah, I think it might be time for him to transition putting his hand in the ground. I mean, he, he's rushed off the edge. Uh, but he's been mostly a 3-4 outside linebacker, so he's had that versatility. But at some point in your career, you can you know, shift one way or the other, and this might be time for him to shift. You've seen him get cut, then picked up by New England. Um, he's a New England guy, so if New England wants to bring him back, I'm sure they would try to make that work. But I think he's an, kind of an intriguing prospect because you don't know what he would be if he, you know, play in and play out. He was rushing the passer. He has some dynamic traits that he would be able to use. So, yeah, I would be interested in entertaining that, especially if Chris Kassarik thought he could be somebody that's a good pass rusher because he has good athletic ability and a lot of versatility with the things that he does. You're not wrong, man. And this, yeah, he, he got cut by the Lions, got picked up by the Pats. And I don't know if y'all noticed this or not. When he got picked up by the Pats, the Pats defense went on a little streak there, a little run of uh, playing some pretty good football. Um, the Pats defense, you know, was a little up and down this season, but you know, Jamie Collins went in there and, and did some things, you know, in, in the time that he played with the, the, the Lions, it was only a couple of games before he got cut. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of crazy things there. Um, he did some nice stuff for the Pats. He only started two games for him because they had a, a deep defense with a lot of guys in there. He was more of a rotational kind of stabilizing presence. Yeah. But he finished the year, he had a sack, and he had 20 tackles in, in 10 games, only two of which he started. So, I mean, this is a guy who knows how to play in this league. Um, and you're right. I think a, a change in maybe role and responsibility in terms of what he's supposed to be doing and what is expected on the field may also help. Um, take away having to cover the field, come downhill and fill in gaps. Why don't you just uh, put that hand in the ground guy and go downhill after the passer, uh, hold your hold the outside contain, set the edge when we need you to, and uh, see what happens. Yeah, and that's what happened with Samson Ebicom, right? Similar sort of situation, except a a better player, because Jamie Collins has proven to be a better player than Ebicom right now. It doesn't mean Ebicom can't develop, but um, Collins also affords you the same abilities that Ebicom did. They would drop Ebicom into coverage sometimes, it's true, and he would take away guys. There was times he was on Cooper Cup, uh, and it was incomplete passes, and you didn't see that, but... Um, I think that Collins could also give you that ability. So, and you know what? Everything you just said about him screams to me affordable. Um, so thank you. You know, stunned that situation. I like affordable options that have great upside, and he's one of those guys. Speaking of affordable options, Ant, and a, and a name that we kind of kicked around a little bit. We kicked it around last year. In fact, the Niners claimed him at one point last yeah. year. Yeah, Tack McKinley, free agent available, didn't have. 
crazy impressive numbers with Cleveland. You know, had promise and flashing moments with Atlanta originally, just hasn't really put it together. Hasn't really done a whole heck of a lot, but Ant, he's 26 years old. He's 26 years old, and there is a part of me that just truly believes you get this guy in here with Chris Kacerik with this D-line group, and this kid could be something special. Yeah, I think the 49ers like Tack McKinley, you know, and I think at the right price, they'd be interested in bringing him in because he would give you, you know, a rotational piece. He's not one of those guys that's going to come in and be a dynamic starter off the edge. But if you're talking about him coming in, you know, behind Samson Nebuchadnezzar, I think you're feeling comfortable about that. I love that rotation. So I, I think that you are going to add players to your rotation, uh, and you need to continually do that. You know, you're, you have guys right now, Charles Aminihu, um, you have Jordan Willis that's a free agent, so you could be filling that role if Jordan Willis decided to go elsewhere. So there are spots for this to happen. Now, of course, if you get one of these other guys to play the outside, then Tack McKinley doesn't make as much sense because then Samson Ebucom becomes, you know, that rotational piece. So I think that is something that you continually look at. But yeah, I think he's a he's a very solid option. The 49ers will definitely look into it. Um, and but a lot of it's going to be where's his health at? Because that was the problem when they claimed him, he just wasn't healthy enough to get on the football field, and he just kept going from place to place. I think he actually ended up in Las Vegas that year. He did. Well, I think he finished the year off in Cleveland as well. Wow. I think he finished in Cleveland. So I mean, that's talk about a guy who's been bouncing around trying to find a place to land and trying to find a home and show that he can do something for a team hasn't really shown that, uh, which means cheap. Not going to cost a whole heck of a lot, and you can kick the tires on the young man and see if he can add depth. Do we like cheap? We like cheap. Okay, we like. Cheap. I don't know if I don't know if the cutback crew or the faithful realize this yet. Um, when you're a team that's contending for a Super Bowl, yeah, there are some times where you there are certain players you're going to want to go in on and spend some money and cheer it up, and maybe that's the thing that gets you over the hump. But you're also just looking for guys who can do things that you need them to do and maybe do things at a high level that want to come in and not make a lot of money. Well, you're looking at guys that you think can develop. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's not just about signing good players or drafting good players. It's about developing players into being good players. Um, So when you can have a guy that has a high, you know, high level, a skill set that you think you can develop, you bring them in, especially if they're bargain basement guys. Kind of like Arden Key. Arden Key and Maurice Hurst as well. They both came in on one year deals at basically league minimum. And Arden Key is possibly going to turn that into what, six, seven, eight million dollars because of the season he had. That is what you're looking at. To me, if I'm a a free agent out there and I'm like, wait, I can sign for them for two million. I can sign for the 49 for one point five. But I see Kerry Hyder, I see Arden Key, and I know I can cash out. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Uh, you're not wrong, Ant. Uh, lose lose fifty five hundred thousand right now to make five million next year. A pretty nice trade off, in all honesty. I would think so. Yeah. Well, here's the other question then: Jordan Willis, is that something he's considering? Because free agent, he's gonna be available. He's gonna be out there. It's a big market. A lot of guys out there. There may not be a, a market for Jordan Willis because they haven't seen teams may not have seen enough from him. Right, enough out of him. Did he come back to San Francisco on a cheap deal? Yeah, he's come. He he would come back if they want him back. That's that's the key. Do you think they want him back? Yeah, I think they want him back as okay. a rotational piece because I think he's been valuable to their team. And to me, he's just improved. You know, he of hasn't course, gotten. He, yeah, he's he missed, got nothing but better. He missed most of the season because he had the you know the problems with the testing. Um, so he just wasn't there. He had the steroids or whatever it was, performance enhancing. Uh, something didn't work out. Some sort, something in the shake that he wasn't supposed to have. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I don't know. Hey, if this, this is this is just water. Cut was it, was it the cream or the clear? We're not sure. Uh, but either way, Could have been either. Jordan Willis is somebody I think they would like to have on their team, and he's a good rotational piece. Um, he's proven to be a solid edge rusher who plays good against the run. I think he's gotten better in the two seasons that were one and a half seasons um, that we've seen him playing for Chris Kacerik. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a cheap option they could bring back. I do think there's going to be a limited market for him. He's another one of those guys that's maybe second or third wave guys. 
So maybe the 49ers, why everyone else is working on other players, kind of work out and finagle a deal to get him in because I don't think he's going to be expensive. A little over a million dollars, you know, bring that guy back. Not, it's not that much. Um, and yeah, we've seen the development. We've already seen it. Um, he's 27, so there's still some development there, and there's still a lot of things he can learn and, and improve upon. Um, I want to see it. I would love to see it. Um, the question is, is does he want him back, and does, do the Niners want him back in that rotational type of role? Do they think he can add more to this room or adds what they want to this room that they're like, yeah, you know what? We don't need, um, you know, we, we need a couple of guys. We think Jordan Willis is one of them, and that's the route they want to go. We're going to find out. I kind of like him opposite of Charles Aminahue. I was I liking do. that grouping together. Uh, him and Aminahue as those, that second, you know, group of defensive ends, it felt, it felt good. It felt like they could still put pressure on. They were good against the run. Uh, to me, that, that's a nice core to keep together. It's not a bad core, Ant. It's not a bad core, and it's a core that still has a lot of room for growth. So we'll see if the Niners decide to go that way. But cut back crew. Are there any free agent edge rushers we should have talked about? We need to be talking about the Clayus Campbells of the world. Screw the fact that he just made $12 million last year. He's not going to want that this year. We can find a way to pay this man and get him in. Are there names out there? Should we be trying to take Von Miller from the Los Angeles Rams? There's no way that's happening. But are there names we should be discussing? And if so, drop them in the comment section down below. And of the free agent edge rushers we just talked about, which ones do you like the most? We want to hear from you. Yeah, and if you're on a traditional platform right now, you're listening to the audio version please go ahead and give us a nice five-star rating, if you would, please, and and, and leave a review. Uh, let us know what you think. It really goes to help the pod, um, but we appreciate everyone that listened all the way through, and the edge rushing thing is going to be something I think that's going to be going not only through free agency, but also in the draft. There's so many dynamic edge rushers, and the one thing you want to do is protect the quarterback and then get after the quarterback. Those are the two things that are important, and the 49ers have made that one of the emphasis on, for their football team, so they're going to be looking to improve that defensive line, whether that's bringing back current players that believe are you know, trending in the right direction or bringing in new players that could add an extra dynamic ability. Uh, that's what they're going to look to do. And I'm, I'm all here for it. And I'm excited about the potential of the, some of these guys the 49ers could bring in. Exactly. I mean, the edge rushing D line, this front seven defensively is one of the more important aspects for the San Francisco 49ers team. And uh, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of ways for them to address it, including the draft. So if you're excited about that as well, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you've hit the like button on this free agent uh, edge rusher video. So that way you're prepared for options for the 49ers in the draft at the edge rusher position. Cause there's a lot of speedy guys there as well for them to address. And uh, while you've subscribed and hit that like button, hit that notification bell as well. That way you don't miss those videos when they come out in due time, cutback crew. I know draft, 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 draft. We got to touch on free agency first. We're almost there. I promise we're getting close. So stay tuned, buckle up. It's going to be a fun rest of the way in free agency. And we got a lot of things still to talk about, a lot of fun stuff to go over, and uh, still a lot of fun to cover with the draft, everything that's going on. Where will Jimmy Garoppolo land? Tons of content coming the Cutback Crew's way. They're not going to want to miss any of it. And until the next one, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers way.